Okay. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started with this, and hopefully um, you've been taking notes. I hope you've been digging in. Really, our goal is we want to sink down some deep roots, and, and unfortunately, or for whatever, fortunately maybe, is they don't just kind of happen on accident spiritually. You know, it really does take some intentionality. Remember, we started out, and the, this is the biggest thing. This is huge. Can't overstate this is that we become a people of prayer. If you want to sink down deep roots and not be superficial and not be stuck on the same old stuff for two years and five years and 10 years and 15 years is we have to cultivate this. We have to become great at it. And the only way I know to do that is to do it. All right. That's, that's really the truth. Here's one of the things I'll kind of share with you is, is every day have a single thing. Like when you pray, yeah, pray for all kinds of stuff. Okay. But think about, is there one thing you'll pray for all day? Is there one person you'll pray for all day? Is there one circumstance you'll pray for all day? Is there one thing that you just are struggling to just work on and you're going to pray for it? I would really encourage you every day have a daily prayer focus, all right? Um, And in your weekly fast, and I hope you are challenging yourself. We finished our 21-day fast. Um, We're fasting every first day of the month. I really do want to challenge you to like push yourself a little bit is fasting on a weekly basis, fasting and praying. And it's one of those things, I know what's helped me with that is having a focus on those days, like having a specific, like, okay, all day today, I'm praying for my family group. All day today, I'm praying for the campus students. All day today, you know, and just having that focus, um, I would really encourage us to do this. Here's the thing is, is... Um, we're doing something here as disciples that can't be one with just the weapons of the world. Can't be. There's no way we can just will ourselves to be spiritual. We can't will ourselves to overcome bad attitudes. We can't will ourselves. It's really being a people of prayer, right? And hopefully you've been digging into your prayer journals, all right? Stay on those. We didn't, we didn't stop those, right? And so hopefully um, you still are going through it. If you haven't, um, please jump on in here, okay? I mean, it really, um, unless, you know, unless you've already got something that you're cranking away on, and that's great too, okay? But I just would really encourage us um, to, um, to be involved in that, okay? Remember we talked a few weeks ago about giving. We started out our Deep Roots series on that, on, on giving, but remember, we weren't just talking about the act of giving, that's not necessarily having deep roots, right? We were talking about the idea of being generous like Jesus is generous, okay? Any, any scripture you can think of that you go, man, that Jesus, he's generous. <clears throat> Anything you can think of? Hmm. <laughs> or is he just stingy? Holds back. Can you think of any of those? What do you think? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. There's plenty, right? There's plenty left over. I think it's John 1 yeah. where it talks about in him we receive grace upon grace. Yeah. Just the generosity he has we get in his grace. Right. I mean, how much grace have we used today? How much do you think? If we weighed it, if it was weighed on a scale, how much would we have used today where God was like, I have got to lavish on you something you don't deserve? And it's not just always forgiving us for our sins. It's good things right? It's great things. And, and you know, man, when we stop being grateful, we stop understanding grace. 
as well, right? And so, yeah, it's just lavishing of, oh my goodness, I can't imagine how much has been lavished on me today. Right. Thank you. Right. That's exactly right. You know, it's this idea of a of generously, not stingy, but generous. And we talked about not just financial giving, but of our time and not not just partitioning off our time and all of those kind of things. So we talked about giving. We talked about disciple making last week, but we didn't just talk about disciple making. Right. We looked at First Thessalonians, two as we talked about love for people. OK. And, and here's the thing about making disciples is I. If, if we're following a man who um, died to save people and our heart doesn't ache to help people become disciples, I have a hard time thinking that we actually are following Jesus. Okay? Because I don't think Jesus was just sitting around being a good person. In fact, I know he wasn't. You do too, right? But it's this idea of if you're just going, you know what? I got nothing in there for lost people. I'm not even praying for lost people. You know, unfortunately, in our world, it's been so convoluted. We're kind of even scared to say lost people. Because you're just judging. Okay, here's the thing is, I am so grateful that the man who studied the Bible with me made a judgment. (laughs) And he said, you know what, that dude, I'm going to study the Bible with that guy. I'm going to step out there and do that. So really, we're talking about these deep roots as cultivating a heart, right? It's hard to just say, I'm going to go and make a disciple. But man, I'll tell you what, it's hard not to when you love and we love people deeply and we love our neighbors deeply. We love our classmates and our worker, our, the people we work with deeply. So, you know, again, we're just not talking about actions. We're talking about something deeper. OK. I showed you guys this a couple weeks ago. This is not perfect. It's not out of the Bible. It's not the Holman Christian standard. But I want us to be thinking part of the deep roots is that we need to mature, right? Like all of us, we all could look to our right and to our left and go, you know what? We need to mature. I need to mature. You need in everything. okay? and this is I like this because it gives us a little bit of an idea of maybe what characterizes different stages of of life as a disciple. Right. Just as an infant, you know, having just been baptized and as an infant, Maybe your spiritual life is characterized by ignorance. That's not a bad thing, okay? It's just, I don't know. I, I want to learn more, okay? I, I just, I don't know. You know, maybe you're a child in many ways. Maybe as a disciple maker, you're a child. In generosity, you're a child. You know, man, it's characterized by selfishness. That What guides you is you first, okay? And so what's important about that isn't like a label, okay? What's important about that is it's hard to go on to maturity if we don't have an idea of where we are. Like if Reese thought, man, I'm a fully grown man, fully mature, emotionally fully mature, spiritually, all that kind of stuff, then there's, he's not going to have any aim, right? There's just going to be like no expectation. I've reached it, okay? So as we're thinking about this, just kind of ask yourself, am I, what am I characterized by? Am I characterized by selfishness? Maybe like I'm still a child spiritually, Okay. Is that a bad thing? To be a child spiritually? I don't mean like child like Jesus said. 
<laughs> what he said, be a child. <laughs> like, that's better than all the rest. Is it bad? Like, let's say you're looking at this right now and you're going, man, you know what? I've been disciple a while and I still like make my decisions based on me. Okay. Is that, is that bad to be in that place? What do you think? I think it's appropriate for certain, I mean, it's just like how we age as like physical bodies. It's appropriate for a time, but if you're still a child when you're in your twenties and thirties and supposed to be supporting other people, but you're still dependent, then that is when it's, not healthy. Right. Yeah. Okay. What would you say? You got me trapped in my thoughts asking <laughs> if that's a bad thing. Right. Yeah. It is. It is bad. The reason Jesus died is because we're bad. Right. And by his standards, we're yes. not morally yeah. able to get rid of our sin. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's bad, but here's the thing is, as a, this is as a disciple here. And, 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 and here's the thing, just think of the word, because what I'm trying to get us to do is just kind of loosen up just a little bit. Because, yeah, if, if you've been a disciple for a long time, it's not great, okay? But I would even use different words than bad. I think we do that in our head, like, oh, that's bad. Gosh, I'm horrible. I can't believe how bad I am. No, it's just being honest. Say, man, you know, I don't know. Uh, but if that's where we are, that's where we are. That's where you start. That's not bad or good. It's just what it is, right? And there isn't any of us that can go, dude, that's bad. And, that, you know, now I understand what Alex is saying, too. I mean, it's, uh, but just kind of what I'm saying is, is, man, take a deep breath. Don't try to kind of fight against this and see, man, you know what? Maybe I'm like right there, right? Maybe I'm right there. Yeah. Did you have your hand up? Me? Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say it's only bad if you don't intend to do it. That's a great point, too. Right. It, it is bad if I'm like, I'm going to stay here. Okay, absolutely. Hey, This is an imperfect graph just to be like, okay, I need to be moving on to maturity, okay? This is like, let's keep growing. Let's keep, let's not rest on our laurels here. You know, maybe as a young adult, you're going, man, I, I'm service-oriented, which is awesome. That's fantastic. You know, adding to that, though, intentionality, like everything we do has intentionality. That's an adult. That's a parent. That's somebody who's going, man, I, I have an aim to my spiritual life, to my prayer life, to my thought life, to my uh, going out on my day. There's an aim, there's an intentionality um, to follow Jesus and help others follow Jesus, okay? So that's the only reason why I put that up there. I think it's helpful. It's helpful for me, okay? And to keep us just moving in, this, in the same place, okay? And moving in the right direction. So this word right here, we're going to transition here a little, not really, I mean, it's deep roots still, but we're going to get away from like the giving and the, and, and the disciple making. This is a section of Bible where it's like, I, it, this might be where like the uh, miracle grow of Bible is, okay? It's this idea of, man, you want to talk about, uh, about sending down some deep roots. Where is this in the Bible? Where would you find this term? Matthew 5? Is that the only place? Like stand on two mountains opposite each other and like shout at each other. 
and everyone on one mountain is saying all the blessed are you if you do these things and everyone on the other mm -hmm. mountain says cursed are you if you do these mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. yeah well there it is in a place in the old testament for sure in lots of places actually this is actually a really common term is we call it a we, we call it the beatitudes okay and it's based in the new testament off of a greek word uh, makarioi and you want to know what? We don't really have a good word to describe that. Okay, because when we say, well, blessed are, we're going to read that in Matthew 5. Well, blessed are. What are some different, like, definitions of that word that you've thought when you read that? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Happy. Ha right. Happy are the poor in spirit. What else have you heard? Anything else? Fulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Some, some of your uh, translations may say favored. You're favored if you're this. We don't have, I mean, it's really hard to land on, an, on, a, on a good English word because this is describing something that's a, a deep, um, a, a, just this deep level of joy and peace and confidence. All right, we, we could take a lot of words to translate it, but this is like a deep sense of... Um, of, of peace, of joy. Um, it, it isn't just a happiness as far as a, like, emotional happiness, okay? Um, but there's lots of places. You can do a Bible study. If you ever want to do a great Bible study, do one on Blessed Art. Look it up every time it's in the Bible. It's all over the place, okay? It's in the Proverbs, it's in the Psalms, it's in the Prophets, it's in the New Testament, all over the place as well. Blessed are. It's a great study, okay? But where we're focusing on is Matthew chapter 5. So you can turn over there. Okay, we're going to look at this right here, Matthew chapter 5. Um, how many of you guys um, are just totally confused by this section of Scripture? Like the Beatitudes. Y'all feel like, man, I nailed this. This is great. Not, is there any questions about it that you ever have when you look at it? Just really straightforward, do you think? Huh? Me? Okay, right. I mean, it uses terminology, right? I mean, I doubt any of us are like Bible scholars in the Beatitudes. All right? It just isn't. I mean, we may go, no, 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 I, I got this. Well, that's great. Um, knowing it, uh, there's a part of it that this is, this is where the growth happens is living this way. <laughs> We're going to take this first one. Um, and I would really encourage us to pray about this every day. Okay. He starts out, and he writes this, um, the poor in spirit, verse 3, the poor in spirit are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Some of your versions may say it the other way. Blessed are the poor in spirit. All right? Um, I, I cannot overstate the importance of this section of Scripture. All right? I, I just can't. Um, to skip past this, um, is going to be a disservice. We're going to miss out on so much of sinking down deep roots. Right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to take us some time here. And I want us to just pray. I want you to pray where you're sitting, okay? And I want you to pray, God, just teach me this. Help me to be this way. All right? Just asking God, hey, teach me this lesson. Like, drive it into my heart. Help me to know how to communicate it to people. Help me to know how to live this, okay? And then we're going to move on from this, but let's take a couple minutes um, and just pray right where you are, okay? Go ahead.
<clears throat> Father, thank you for um, letting us read your word. That's grace. You, you lavished that on us that you even gave us your word. Thank you for that. God, I want to be poor in spirit. Um, Father, I pray that we as a community, we as a church, Father, God, that we are, uh, that we are poor in spirit. Father, I pray that we not only know what that means, but we live it out, that we cultivate it, Father, that we um, examine our hearts. Uh, Father, help us to please um, just um, meditate on this. Um, I just pray this is on our heart constantly, God. This is, this is just so much, this is fuel, this is spiritual fuel, Father, and uh, we want deep roots, God. We don't want to be superficial, and thank you for this. We pray this in your name, amen. Um, so, blessed are the poor in spirit. Tell me what your thoughts are on that. Tell me what you think. Go ahead. It doesn't have to be the right answer. It doesn't have to be. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Isn't that hard? Because oftentimes, this is really the truth. It isn't a matter of, I don't want to be that way. But I don't know what that means, really. Like, <laughs> Like, help me out here, right? I mean, can you imagine Jesus? Now, many people think that this Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is teaching, that it isn't just these exact words. I mean, if he were to just, like, speak, and he'd be done in, like, ten minutes. I mean, there's more to it, probably. Um, but for Jesus to just say it, could you imagine? Just picture yourself. You're sitting down. You know, Jesus, you're listening to Jesus, and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. But we understand the word, okay? Like, we get the word more than just blessed. We're like, you mean like this deep sense of peace and calm and joy? Like that deep sense, like what we all want when you're poor in spirit? Wouldn't that kind of pique your curiosity? You're like, whoa. Man, yeah, hold on a minute. Isn't it something else that's going to give me a deep sense of peace? He says, no, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I mean, that's an immense statement, all right? And oftentimes I'm with Hayes, man. It's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, I'm not opposed to being this way. I don't know what this way means, <laughs> right? What else do you think? Just You don't have to be right. Just kind of what's going on. Um, when like, you're poor in something, that means you don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. And so if we're poor in spirit, like being like we're not filled up by it or we're not like getting in touch with it like we can or should. Um, so, yeah. But if, we, if we're blessed, if we are that, then we realize maybe that we need it instead of we ah, to go after it and yeah. okay. you know, try and seek it out more. And then, therefore, you're focused on God. And that even takes you back to what you're saying on the bad and good things. Yeah. You're a child. Right. You know, spiritually, is it bad? It's not bad. But it's something that if you realize that, then it makes you want to, like, you're poor in that mm-hmm. then once you don't yeah I, I hear what you're saying I mean this is good that's really you know it's kind of like okay let's talk it out here let's let's like with the words we would really talk it out in our head because what we don't want to do is sit down in front of the Bible and go this is what I think it means just take a stab in the dark man I hope I got this right <laughs> you know what you got Judaism's gotten off track. Wow. Yeah. So I think a lot of what he says in these two or three chapters or whatever, mm-hmm. he's kind of like trying to like correct and help people like understand the purpose behind things. And 
I think with religion in general, it's easy mm-hmm. to, once you start trying to be religious, have like, have this false sense of confidence right. like yeah. in yourself. And so I think with this, yeah. it's like, it's like, no, you, you're looking at your spiritual leaders who are really bad examples in a lot of ways. And so with a lot of these Beatitudes specifically, he's kind of correcting things. Like mm-hmm. These guys aren't poor in spirit. They were very self, they were very mm-hmm. arrogant for all of their efforts mm-hmm. and all of their, like you were saying on Sunday, they were the, you know, elite of the culture. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I see that in my own life too. So yeah. It's not something like, oh, well, they're terrible yeah. and they got it all wrong. It's like, no. Yeah. My efforts to be religious and spiritual make me puffed up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is really backwards, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this is not how the world operates at all, right? But it's just very intriguing to me that he uses this word, and it's something, I'm not kidding you, every human being on the face of the planet wants it. Everyone wants it. I mean, this is just a, such an amazing thing. Yeah, Adam, you got your hand up. Right. This, this is good. We're just going to keep adding on. Add, let's keep adding some layers on here. Steve, did you have your hand up? Well, a lot of times this reminds me of the prodigal son yeah. who finds himself in the pig pen. Yeah. And he, it says he was, he was in want. He was in need. Yeah. It's kind of when you come to a realization you're in a, in a place you don't want to be and you've got to do something about it. Yeah. You just have this, I need something that way. So that's a really great point. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's easier to help us understand a concept by thinking about maybe a story Jesus told, right? And it, uh, an entire story that can, that can illustrate this point. And I, that's one of the ones for me, too. I'm thinking, okay, what would that look like? I think that, yeah, the prodigal son, man, he describes this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Jody, you had your hand up. Um, you know, I think of, so I, I, I actually, one of the things I like doing is re- I read the ESV Greek. Um, not that I don't know any Greek. I always have to click on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I translate it from Hebrew into Greek first, though. <laughs> but, but, but the word here literally means beggar. Yes. A pauper. Yes. And yes. If you, if you, you're, I'm, I mean, I'm a beggar for spirit. I, yes. I, need, I need God. I need him. I don't, it's not something I already have. Uh-huh. It's not a means of, of wealth from the world at all. It's uh-huh. just uh, that my attitude is one of I'm begging for God's spirit. Yes. Um, and, uh, and it's interesting, too. I, I, this verse and 10 are the two that talk about the is. Mm-hmm. You get the kingdom of heaven now. Mm-hmm. All the other ones are talking about something that will happen in wow. the future. Wow, yeah, that's and great. If I'm... If I acknowledge that I'm begging for God's spirit, then the, the kingdom of heaven, that, that, that is mine. Yeah. It's not something that I have to wait for. 
Yeah, that's great. I mean, it, another. I mean, again, it, this is fantastic, and I really am glad Jody brought that up. You know, you can. There, there are lit different websites. You can kind of click on it, and they'll give you a, a pretty good idea of what that Greek word is. And does it make a difference if he says, man, this deep sense of contentment and joy and peace comes when you're like a beggar for God? It paints a picture, doesn't it? You go, whoa, man, that is awesome, right? I mean, it tells this whole lesson in like one verse, right? You had your hand up, right? Um, and I, not like it's anything, but the whole new inside thing a new teaching. I think maybe even you gave this um, illustration or just like this phrase, but now when I read it, I think of like being at the end of my rope yeah. and not in a, sometimes it's used in like, I'm so frustrated, I'm just, but it's like at the end of my rope of realizing there's, that I can't do anything else and that it's all on God and on the spirit mm-hmm. and that kind of that realization of needing it. And even when you were talking mm-hmm. about, um, you know, the story's kind of helping us understand. I was trying to think of other examples. And in a way, it made me think of whenever Jesus' disciples say, like, to, to whom would we go? You know, like, where else would I go? And it made me think where of else? being at the end of my rope. And yeah. um, this poor, poor in spirit attitude of, like, there's no one else but you to, to help me in mm-hmm. this need of nothing else but Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's, it is that. It's, end, it's the end of me. It's, it's I've, I've exhausted every humanistic thing. I'm at rock bottom, right? I can't, I realize this now, okay? And, and, and I know for me, I mean, there's, this actually has like a physical feeling to it to a certain degree where, you know, my, my nature is just to be able to accomplish things just that I would be able to accomplish if I wasn't even a Christian. I mean, maybe some of us kind of have that where you just, you're, you, you can do things in this world. You know, you, you'll do great. If you weren't a Christian, you would still be great at your job. You would still be a nice person. You would still be able to make money. You would still be able to do things. And, and, and then God calls us to follow him and see when we take that attitude into it. And that's something that for me has just been one of those long distance like growth processes over two decades is getting to this place where, okay, man, I am, I am so much at the end of me now, whatever it takes that's a good place to be, all right? Sometimes we fight against getting there. <laughs> like we're like, no, no, I don't like how this feels. Mm-mm, it's not supposed to feel good getting to the end of ourselves and going, God, I got nothing left. I got nothing left. I don't have any more answers. My information is not helping me. You know, my pursuit of what I'm trying to pursue in the world isn't doing it, right? I mean, this is, he's painting a picture that, man, this is a really, this is a good place to be instead of fighting it, right? I was thinking about, um, like, you know, if you're begging on the street, yeah. like, yes. kind of like what you said, you've really hit rock bottom. And yeah. It's not just that you need something, but you're kind of broken. And Man, yes. In my mind is like uh, David and Bathsheba, like that psalm. Where just broken, huh? Psalm 51. About, yeah, being broken, or, or even mm-hmm. Job, you know, just broken. God kind of breaking us to... Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. I mean, this is, so here's the question, okay? We look at this and we're going, this is pretty awesome. Blessed are the beggars. Blessed are the spiritual beggars. Can you just, I'm curious. I'm not sure that we can just go, okay, I'm going to decide to be that way now. 
and go for it. What are your thoughts on that statement? You don't have to agree with it, okay? I'm just telling you what, like, what comes into my head. I'm going, you know, because I, you know, I, I was sharing with some of the college students. Um, we had this practice that we did long ago, okay? When me and Abby were young Christians, I think for the first seven years we were disciples. After every sermon, the preacher would sing a song. And you would come up, and he was like, if you have a, like a confession to make, you can come up and tell me. And then he would tell the church. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man, I cannot tell you how powerful that was for my spiritual life. Because it's like, you're walking in front, could you imagine? Like, and, and, and you never, like, if you knew you were going to come forward at the end, you never sat in the middle of the row. Because you knew you were going to have to have to work your way, and everybody's going to be like, ah, Lee, stop stepping on my foot, you sinner, you know. And, but, but, but it's this idea of, man, it was but, but here's the deal is, is there was something that was embedded inside of us that just your will alone won't change things. We've got to make decisions. Like there has to be a decision that's made of man. I, but our will alone will not get us there. Okay, yeah, I want to be a spiritual beggar. That's a good start, okay? Um, but, you know, I'm not going to start doing that. I mean, I, I know some of the campus students are like, please, please, I will never leave this spot, okay? It, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't like it was inappropriate or he was sharing Things that you didn't want them to share, but, um, but it in, I think it infused into us this idea of responding to something you hear in the Bible and realizing, I can't do this on my own. Like, I need all my brothers and sisters praying for me. I don't care that they know. I don't care, you know, I mean, it, I don't care that they see me walking up there. Man, I'm done, right? It's a good thing, you know? And so um, all of, we're painting a great picture. I think we're painting a good picture. I think we get this, okay? Um, if you want another passage, this is kind of one of my go-to, Revelation 3. You're thinking nothing good comes out of Revelation. <laughs> the last two chapters are great, right? But everything before that, you know. Um, but Revelation 3, um, he says this, uh, you know, verse 16, because you're lukewarm and either hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. And, and, and you know, I'm going to preach a sermon one day on that that's going to blow your mind. I'm just saying there's... I'm learning about this. It's fantastic. No, no, no. You're going, oh, my goodness, that sermon would be horrible. No, no, no. It's, it's, it'll be good. But i got to work on it. But he says this. Here's why. Because you say, okay, you say I'm rich, I become wealthy, and I don't need anything. And you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Right? There's, there's, a, there's a conflict. He says, this is what's displeasing me. And what it is, is you don't get where you, you think you have everything. You think you don't need anything. And he said, I'm looking at you. This guy's saying, I'm looking at you, and I see you. You don't realize. You're wretched, poor, pitiful, blind, and naked. And, and now, let, we can add something to this. God would go, and I love every square centimeter of that wretched, poor, pitiful, blind, and naked, but you are wretched, poor, pitiful, blind, and naked. Okay? Like, that's my point. He says this, I advise you. Okay? This is what I advise you to do. Buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich. See, that's a different kind of rich, isn't it? He says, white clothes, ask me for this, white clothes so you may be dressed in your shameful nakedness, not be exposed. Ointment to spread on your eyes so you can see. 
As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. That's a great verse. That's a good memory verse, you know? I mean, you just write it on your mirror. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. Okay? Jesus. It's in red letters. Okay? But no, for real. I mean, you think about this. Is this is from, this is Jesus' words, okay? And I think that we can apply this to ourselves. I think that there's a side. Have you ever been deceived about who you really are? I have. I am. Okay? For sure. I mean, the, listen, the picture I have in my mind of me, there's a filter there. Okay, there is a filter to that picture. There is a filter to that movie. And that doesn't mean that you have bad motives or you don't want to follow Jesus or anything. Okay, but it's the idea of oftentimes we don't have a real great accurate self-assessment of ourselves. Okay, and so you have this here. Here's the question, those who move on. What does, what does spiritually like becoming a spiritual beggar what does that actually look like in everyday life like for instance what would it look like in the fellowship if everyone was a spiritual beggar tell me what you would hear tell me what you would see tell me like what would be the things you would observe maybe from the outside if it was like man there's there's a bunch of spiritual beggars getting together what would you see? What wouldn't you see? What do you think? Yeah. You wouldn't see a bunch of facade. You'd see realness, people asking for help. <laughs> right. And, and people willing to help. I mean, I think of, I think of the, uh, the, the, the lepers that go out after the siege and find, and find yes. all this time. Sweet! <laughs> we nailed it! Right? I'm going out of the camp all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's a great story. If you don't know where it is, that's why you read the Old Testament, right? It's a great story. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's like a sense of realness. And realness doesn't mean like you're hanging your head. Okay, poor in spirit doesn't mean mopey. Okay, it's not like, oh, you know, we're poor in spirit. <laughs> don't laugh. Yariel, don't laugh. I'm poor in spirit. <laughs> you should be more poor in spirit. I'm blessed. Unfortunately, you're not, right? I mean, that's not what we would hear. We wouldn't hear that because we're not moving around, but it's real. I think that a spiritual beggar is like, you know what, man? Um, when, I, when I'm out in public and I'm begging, <laughs> I am what I am, right? Um, and th- that's what we would see, right? What else? Do you think? What will we maybe hear or overhear spiritual beggars talking about? I think what well, Jody said, maybe get, ask him for help. You know, that, that's a hard thing to do, huh? Anybody here, you feel like you nail that one. Like, you're just like, dude, when I need help, I am so good at that. Like, I just am like, please help me. I don't know how to do this. Those are scary words, aren't they? I don't know. And you mean I'm going to ask somebody else for help and they're going to think they're better than me? Am I, just, am I just making that up, or does that happen? Like, that happens, right? I mean, that happens in our head. I don't want to ask. What if I ask Carl? And Carl, then he thinks he's more spiritual than me because he knows more. Yikes, that's not the end of me. That's not the end of me, right? There's a hand there. I was just thinking of um, the scripture in Hebrews talks about encouraging one another daily so we're not harmless in deceitfulness. And I feel like that's a really fun verse, Ooh. but I don't feel like... And I'm guilty of this. I don't feel like it's really practiced very frequently. And I feel like that would be actually evident consistently. Yeah. If I'm a beggar and you're a beggar, and I know, man, I need lots of encouragement because being a beggar is not fun all the time, right? <laughs> it's probably never. 
<laughs> okay, but it's going, you know what I can do? I can encourage the other beggars because it's real. Okay, it, it's like something becomes real. And now encouraging one another daily so that you won't be deceived, right? Um, then, then it becomes like, oh, this isn't just a neat one another verse. This is about survival. This is about, you know what, when you get to be a beggar, if you lose hope, you don't want to live anymore. Okay, so it's real. There's a depth to this, right? I think that just made me think about, too, like, if you're a beggar, you know what it's like to be a beggar, and so you help the other Boy, isn't that beggar. true? Yes. It just makes you think about, like, you know, you learn about, like, in the Great Depression, the hobo communities, and it's like, they go out and they help each other. Boy, yeah. Food and shelter I love and that. Like that because they know what it's like. And they know what it's like. He even says that, um, he talks about, you know, you know what it's like to be foreigners, so don't, like, Absolutely. And it just makes me think about, if we're yes. all beggars, then we're looking out yes. for each other because we know what it's like. That's such a good point. I love, there's somebody, somebody, you know, quoted this. They said, you know, as a disciple, we're all beggars just trying to show one another where to get food. You know, doesn't that make a difference even when we're helping people become disciples? If I'm like a spiritual beggar, boy, there is such a level of humility. There is such a level of, I get where, you're, where you are, all right? Instead of like, I can't believe where you are, okay? Because honestly, in our society, when we see a beggar, we stay away from him or her, Okay? And maybe that's a whole nother lesson. Maybe we need to go and, in, and engage, right? But partially spiritually, when we reach somebody and they're lost, we're like, I don't know if I want to get too close to you. You're a beggar and I'm not a beggar. You're dirty and I'm clean, okay? But if we're, I mean, I'm a beggar. Come on with me, right? Joe, do you have your hand up? Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking too that it's not just talking about things once they've gotten really bad. All my that's life, right. My life has gone down the toilet. <laughs> yes. I've done something just Absolutely. That's, that's, that's exactly right. There's this desperation for the need for one another, right? It's this idea of, no, we're just not a bunch of people hanging out in the Madrid Center, right? But it's this idea of, man, I, I absolutely need my brothers and sisters if I'm a beggar. If I'm not a beggar, I don't need y'all, <laughs> right? There's cooler groups out there probably somewhere, right? Patrick's like, oh, yeah, you know it, buddy. <laughs> and you're the leader of the ship. <laughs> no. but, but, yeah, it's this idea of there's a depth where we go beyond just this idea of, I guess I got to try to love my brothers and sisters. And, man, I need them. And I need my local people who know the good and the bad in me. I need those people. I don't need the people necessarily that don't know me. 
But those people that have seen me up and down and in and out, I need them in my life. I need to just see their face. Sometimes when I come to me, I just need to see people's face and go, man, it makes me feel better. Okay? But yeah, it's about need. Yeah, hey. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. Go die in peace. Yeah. I'm just like I don't deserve anything. I'm just happy to be in God's kingdom and have just a little bit of spirit in Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that's a really great point, man. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I think um, one of the things that I have never really understood is how someone with anorexia could look at themselves Mm -hmm. in the mirror and think they were fat. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. And that's a real mental it is. battle that you have to mm-hmm. fight in order to start having a realistic picture of who you are. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know that for me, one of the I had a time when I really needed to do that with myself. And it's not like it's not ongoing, mm-hmm. but I really had a very serious time when I had to do that. And and it was a real personal battle that I had to wage in my mm-hmm. own mind using yeah. the scriptures to convince myself of right. who I really was before God. Right. But then when I kind of did that work, and as I was doing that work, then I could share it with a few Absolutely. close people. Mm-hmm. And then as I was in that, so it was like being in a battle yes. that started in my mind. Mm-hmm. Using the scriptures to yes. convict right. myself, yeah. then opening that battle up with people mm-hmm. who would hold me accountable. Yes. So if I fell into something in that vein, I could call them, whether I was at work yeah. or whether I was coming to church or whatever, and say, Oh my gosh, I just almost did it again. Yeah. I can't believe I did that. Please yeah. help me. Yes. Um, you know, and right. I wasn't feeling sorry for myself, right. but I was in an actual right. spiritual battle, yes. fighting, and um, and and then they helped me. But then, on the other hand, being open in that way set an example so that other people could kind of see, okay, that's the kind of battle I need to be in as well. Mm-hmm. And it kind of opens the door for people to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, um, vulnerable too. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it encourages us, right? I mean, it really does. And we've all probably been a recipient of that when we've been near somebody who, man, they just are in spiritual battle. They are vulnerable. They are desperate. They are waging this battle. And you're going, man, you know what? That, that perks me up a little bit, right? That gives me a little bit of encouragement, okay? And so that's, this is what's amazing about this. Yeah. and how the rest of the story goes is that the lepers feel guilty for eating all the food and the city's under siege so they go back and nobody in the city believes that the Armenians are gone and they beg them to come out because there's all this food outside and I think eventually people go out and no really there's something out there (laughs) you're lying yeah and eventually all the people come out yeah. and eat the food, but you yeah. know how they kind of begged yeah. the city to I believe it. that there was something yeah. out there. I love it. I love it. it. I mean, there's just, it paints a really cool picture, huh? 
That's fantastic, yeah. I was just thinking, it's when we're in this way that God's most glorified. Yes. Is that when he moves, mm-hmm. it's seen that nothing came from us, that we fixed something. Yes. That God, God answered our, our plea. We're, we're begging from the rich guy, not from other <laughs> beggars. Yeah. You know, he can right. give us what we're asking yeah. for. And he does that. Yes. Uh, it encourages our faith. So as we're Whew. sharing those things with each other, it you constantly see uh, you, you see great things happening in individuals' lives. That's yeah. one of the things that begins to happen in the yeah. fellowship in the individuals' lives yeah. is, is they see their poor in spirit and have something that they are in desperate need of. Yeah. And they go to God, they get help, they're being open with their life. Everything yeah. that people have been talking about, incredible things happen. Right. It, it, what well, Jesus says that in Revelation, right? He's like, man, I'm telling you, come to me for this stuff. Right? Don't stop looking for it everywhere else. And it's, it's desperate people, right? Of going, man, there's only one place. I mean, have you ever prayed that way before? God, I'm asking you for this because you're the only one I can ask. I got no one else. I can't go somewhere else and ask for this. All right? And it's a desperation. Um, and it's a desperation to change in the deepest ways. Okay? It's not a desperation just to get more material things. Wow, yeah. And it's almost like the opposite of this. It's like, well, I think like I need the spirit, but then when you think that way, like you're so haughty or you're so arrogant and ignorant to your own, like deceitfulness, like you deceit yourself of your sins mm-hmm. and you're not begging for the spirit because mm-hmm. you need God all together when mm-hmm. in actuality you really don't. Mm-hmm. And just looking at my own life and like, yeah, right. Isn't it great? It highlights something, though, right? It highlights how great is it is it when you've cultivated relationships with people that you trust. 